And now, Revival Fires International presents the Revival Fires radio broadcast with the dynamic evangelistic ministry of Dr. Tim Todd, a powerful voice for God and country. But I'm here this morning to remind you that we've got a supreme God who's over the supreme court and you can't tell God what it can and cannot do and get away with it. We must listen to God. As we prepare to celebrate our nation's independence, we should also remember that America was birthed with a deep dependence on the Word of God. Today, Dr. Tim Todd will be giving us a very timely, prophetic call to return to the truths that were spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. Prepare your heart as you hear this powerful word from Dr. Tim Todd entitled, America at the Crossroads. Jeremiah chapter 6. Verses 16 through 21. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the crossroads and see. Ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find peace for your soul. But they said, we will not walk in it. And I also sent a watchman over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. Therefore, hear you nations and know, O congregations, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words nor my law, but rejected it. For what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba and sweet thing from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet to me. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I will lay stumbling blocks before these people, and the fathers and the sons together shall follow them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. I believe that from June of 1962 to June of 1963 was the turning point in American history. The life and the direction of America changed drastically and dramatically. What happened during that time? I intend to answer that question this morning and to support it with overwhelming evidence. This morning, I want to address... America at the crossroads. I want us to look today for a few minutes at America, where we came from, the old paths. Then I want us to look at where we are right now and how we got here. And then finally, I want us to look at how we can return to the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. First of all, I want us to look at the old paths of America, the founding of our nation. When the Continental Congress met for the first time in Philadelphia on September the 5th. The very first thing they did was to pass a resolution that the Reverend Mr. Deutsch be invited to open Congress with prayer at 9 a.m. the morning of September 6th. Some were opposed by reason that they were too diverse in religious sentiment to join in the same act of worship. Then Mr. Samuel Adams arose and said that he could hear a prayer from any gentleman of piety and virtue who was at the same time a friend to his country. He proposed that Mr. Deutsch, an Episcopal clergyman, might be desired to read prayers to Congress the following morning. The next morning, Mr. Deutsch read Psalter for the seventh day of September. After this, Mr. Deutsch broke out into spontaneous prayer. The others joined him and prayed fervently for America and Congress all day long. They implored heaven for divine intervention. Look at that. These are the old paths of America. The founding forefathers... 52 of the 55 writers of the Constitution were evangelical Christians. 
The founding of our government, the University of Houston, a secular university, gathered 3,154 writings from our founding forefathers to determine why America has flourished for more than 225 years with one form of government. While during the same time frame, France has had seven forms of government and Italy has had 48 forms of government. So the secular university gathered these more than 3,000 documents and after extensive research determined that 94% of these writings came directly in some fashion, form, or manner from the Word of God. And after studying these documents, this University of Houston determined that the reason America has flourished as a republic with one form of government, with one constitution, for more than 200 years is because America was founded on biblical principles. These are the old paths of America. Did you ever wonder where we came up with the idea for the three branches of government? The judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch. It came from Isaiah 33 and verse 22, directly from God's Word. It says, the Lord is our judge. From there we establish the judicial branch, the Supreme Court. The Lord is our lawgiver. From there we established the legislative branch, the Congress and the Senate. The Lord is our king. And from there we established the executive branch, the presidency of the United States. And for more than 225 years, our nation has stood the test of times with this check and balance form of government. Did you ever wonder where we came up with the idea for tax-exempt status for nonprofit organizations such as First Assembly of God in Griffin, Georgia, other churches and ministries? I can assure you the idea did not come from Barry Lynn or the ACLU. It came from Ezra 724, directly from the Word of God. It says, you are also to know that you have no authority to impose taxes, tribute, or duty on any of the priests, temple servants, or other workers in the house of God. 1897, a Supreme Court ruling with 87 precedents. And I quote, the Supreme Court said, our laws and institutions must necessarily be based upon and include the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. Our laws and institutions were emphatically and unapologetically founded from the Word of God. The old paths of our educational heritage. But let me tell you, the founding, the old paths of our educational heritage from 1690 to 1890, the primary textbook in our public schools was the New England Primer. You see, during that time frame, we didn't have different classrooms, different grades, 1 through 12. They had one classroom where all of the students would meet together, and they would alliterate the alphabet and the New England Primer to teach from the alphabet. Let me give you an example of this. A wise son makes a glad father. A foolish son makes great heaviness for his mother. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure without. Come unto Christ, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. Do not the abominable things that I hate, saith the Lord. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now this is not Christian schools that taught like this. These were the public schools. Let me give you an example 
of two of the questions from the New England Primer that were taught in the public school. What is the sixth commandment and what does it forbid? The sixth commandment is thou shalt not kill. The sixth commandment forbids students killing each other, killing their parents, and killing their teachers. Jeremiah had a strong word in our text that I believe is applicable to America today. America, you stand at the crossroads. Ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find peace for the soul of your nation. Now, when did we leave the old paths? I believe that we left the old paths in America in 1962 and 1963 when we took the Bible and prayer out of our public schools. Never before had it been challenged, never before had it been questioned. But in June of 1962, in June of 1963, with two court cases, Engel versus Vitale and Abington versus Shim, with absolutely no precedent whatsoever, the Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional to read the Bible or to pray in our public schools. Have you ever wondered what the prayer was that our young people were praying that came before the Supreme Court for that court case? This was the prayer, and I quote, Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence on you. We beg your blessings upon us, upon our parents, upon our teachers, and upon our nation. Amen. That prayer was not Baptist, it wasn't Methodist, it wasn't Presbyterian, it wasn't Assembly of God, Church of God, Church of Christ, Christian Church. It was a non-denominational prayer, and yet with that prayer, the Supreme Court said we can no longer pray in our public schools. The Supreme Court ruling used to remove the Bible from school was based on this statement, and I quote, the Supreme Court said, there is a danger that if the Bible is read without explanation, it could cause psychological harm. Well, well, well. Did you know that when they took the Bible out of school, 97% of America believed in God. Only 3% didn't. Now, what has happened since we left the old paths? Since we took God out of our schools, what has happened to America since we quit praying that prayer in our schools? I want us to break that prayer down and look, and all of this is documented. Our young people were allowed to pray. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence on you. We beg your blessings on us. That's the first area. You know, when we took the Bible out of school in 1963, the number one problems in the classroom were chewing gum and talking in class. That's it. Last year, our nation spent $41 billion in truancy to deal with the drug problem in our public schools among middle school, junior high, and high school students. In our public schools, 54% of our teenagers are sexually active. One million teenage young ladies got pregnant last year. 47% believe that abortion is okay. And last year, more than 252,000 teenage young ladies had abortions. And look at all of the violence in our public schools. Our young people prayed, God, we beg your blessings on us. They're no longer allowed to pray that in our schools. Look what's happened to our young people. The second part of that prayer. God, we beg your blessings on our parents. That represents the family, right? 
Look what's happened to the family. Up to 1963, the divorce rate had declined every year for 15 years straight. But from 1963 to 1983, the divorce rate tripled every year for 20 years straight. It's as if the very year that we took the Bible out of school, God took his hand off of the family. More than 60% of marriages end up in divorce today. Look at the third part of that prayer. Our young people pray, God, we beg your blessings on our teachers. That represents the, the educational system. Up to 1963, the SAT scores remained the same for 20 years. They'd go up one year, they'd go down one year, then they'd level off. And for 20 years straight, the SAT scores remained the same. But from 1963 to 1983, the SAT scores drastically and dramatically dropped in epidemic proportions every year. The National Education Association said it was an unexplainable phenomenon. I can explain it. We took the Bible out of school and now we're reaping the tragic consequences as a result of it. Get this, last year, our nation graduated more than 700,000 students last year who could not read their diploma. And look at the fourth and final part of that prayer that our young people prayed that was used to remove prayer from school. We acknowledge our dependence on you, Lord. We beg your blessings on our nation. America has always been considered to be number one in the world. And I thank God for America, don't you? It's the greatest nation on the face of the earth. But since 1963, and all of this is documented, America has become number one in the world in violent crimes, illiteracy, teenage pregnancy, the divorce rate, and illegal drugs. And it can all be accurately traced back to the very year that we took the Bible and prayer out of school. We must return to the old paths. One thing that God laid on my heart to do to return to the old paths was to design this powerful New Testament. It consists of the entire New Testament along with powerful comic strips. And these comic strips, full color, deal with the truth about issues of moral concern that our young people are confronted with every day. We deal with the truth about things like sexual purity, abortion, homosexuality, evolution. We started teaching our young people that they evolved from apes. Now many of them have started behaving like apes. They need to know the truth that we did not evolve from apes. We were made in the image of God. Amen. We deal with the truth about things like pornography, at things like school violence, the truth about drugs, about drunkenness, about peer pressure. In these comics, the Bible says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we give these Bibles to every teenager who will agree to give them to their friends at school that are not saved. You see, we are in the process of returning our public schools, our nation, back to the old paths where the good way is and our young people are leading the way. I was in a revival this past week outside of Charleston, West Virginia. While I was there, we had a school assembly on Wednesday. When the pastor and I got to the uh, public school grounds, all of the students were standing out on the, uh, uh, the front lawn of the school, a thousand students. And we were, we, we were a little bit alarmed because we knew that the assembly was going to take place in the gymnasium of the school. As we got on the campus in our vehicle, we were approached by a sheriff who said, you've got to stop right here for a few minutes. We've had a bomb threat. 
We've been out here for a couple of hours and the kids are getting ready to go back inside. They had all of the teenagers go directly into the gymnasium. I went to the principal to find out if he was going to let me talk about God or, or, or just do like a, a drug program or something along those lines to find out what my latitude would be in regard to using the Word of God in school. He looked at me and he said, Brother Todd, he said, I'm not only a principal, but I'm a lay preacher. And he said, all of the years that I've been principal of this school, I've never allowed anybody to talk about God in a school assembly because he said, it's not legal to do that. We don't want to need a lawsuit from the ACLU. He said, but Brother Todd, after what happened this morning with this bomb threat, he said, I want you to go into that assembly. I want you to preach the Word of God. I want you to give a Truth For Youth Bible to every teenager, and I want you to give an altar call for salvation. I said, aren't you concerned about the ACLU? He said, as far as I'm concerned, the ACLU can go jump in a lake because we need God in this school. Give the Lord a big hand for that. Hallelujah. I preached. I preached my guts out under a Holy Ghost anointing. And when we gave the altar call for salvation, 60 young people rededicated their lives to the Lord and 18 got saved for the first time. Give the Lord a big hand for that. But school administrators are not worrying about what people around them are saying. They're returning to the old paths in Ringgold, Georgia. There was a, a, a public high school, the school administrators over in Ringgold, Georgia, in the high school there, put three plaques up in the hallway of the school. Pastor Randy, one was of the Lord's Prayer, one was of the Ten Commandments, and one of the plaques was blank with a sign at the bottom of it that said, this sign is for those who believe in nothing. <laughs> Many people have begun to realize that the cries for separation of church and state are no longer popular in America. And besides, did you know that that line is not in the Constitution of the United States anywhere? Now, it is in the Constitution of the former Soviet Union, but not in the co Constitution of America. And besides, listen, God owns the church, He owns the state, and He's big enough, He's God, He can do anything He wants to. And I'm convinced that the only time that we're really going to see separation of church and state is when the rapture takes place, when the Lord returns. Amen? But you know, today, the politically correct are trying to convince us that we've got to swallow and embrace and tolerate every religious thing that comes down the pike. I want you to know that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. And I would say to religious organizations, you are welcome to live in America and worship anything that you deem sacred. But hear me, America was founded on biblical principles. This is God's country, and if you don't like our emphasis on God, on Christ, on the Bible, on prayer, then let me tell you, America is a free country, and you are free to leave anytime you want to. Amen. But only Christianity has a leader that has kicked both ends out of the grave. He's alive and he's here to stay. My friend, the tomb is empty. The 
tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Greater news, the one who is in it is alive. And not only the heavens is he alive, but greater is he that is in you and in me than he that is in the world. But you can see since we left the old paths, we took the Bible out of school. We've allowed the devil to get away with the teaching of the theory of evolution in our public schools. The teaching of secularism, humanism, socialism, and all the other isms that the devil is using. We've allowed the devil to get away with stopping the singing of Christmas carols in our public schools. Stopping school kids, many of them, from carrying their Bibles to school or praying in school. And one school teacher over in Texas was fired from her job because she gave Bibles to her students as Christmas presents. That's why they fired her. Friend, this has gone too far. The school-based health clinics that are popping up all over America in our public schools, they give contraceptives to the young men and birth control pills to the young ladies, and they tell them to have what they call safe sex. I want you to know, young person, that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. You need to stay sexually pure. Isn't it amazing that it's legal for the school-based health clinics to pass out birth control pills on our public school campuses, but it's not legal for the Gideons to pass out Bibles on our public school campuses. I say that we need to get rid of the school-based health clinics passing out birth control pills and replace them with the Gideons passing out Bibles on our public school campus. Since we left the old paths, listen to what has happened. Los Angeles, California approved a bill that makes it legal for teachers to instruct the students that homosexuality is an acceptable alternative lifestyle. They're teaching that in the classroom. If a young person wants to engage in this perverted sin, then the teacher can give the telephone number and address of the nearest gay center to the school. My friend, this has gone too far, and it makes my blood begin to burn and boil when I stop and think about what we God's people have allowed the devil to get away with since we've left the old paths in our public schools. And listen, how many Christian, Christian teachers do we have here this morning that you are a teacher either in public school, private school, or Christian school? Stand up right now. If you're a teacher, I want to have you to stand right now. And I want us to honor these teachers because they are on a mission field for God. Amen. You may be seated. And I want you to hear me, church. Today, there may be liberal school teachers and school board members, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, the Supreme Court, or anyone else that says we can't sing Christmas carols in public school, got to take the Ten Commandments off the wall, can't read the Bible or pray in school. The Supreme Court may say any of these things, but I'm here this morning to remind you that we've got a Supreme God who's over the Supreme Court, and you can't tell God what it can and cannot do and get away with it. We must listen to God. And in our public schools, I don't believe that we should enforce a religion. All I'm saying is this. Anytime there's any place in America where you can't read this Bible and pray, including the public schools, there's something wrong and somebody had better be doing something about it. You see, America was born on her knees with the Bible in her hands. And I'm convinced the only way that we're going to get America back on her feet again is to get America back on her knees again. That's what it's going to get down to, friend. You and I on our knees before God. Yes. But there are 
people right here in America who want to kick God out. They want to remove the chaplains from our armed forces. They want to strike the words in God we trust from our coins and currency. They want to remove the words under God from out of the Pledge of Allegiance of the flag. You and I can see today we have the Christ haters. We've got the Bible debunkers. The standards of our forefathers have been smashed. Virtue, honor, decency, and purity has been made by just in the streets. You and I can see in every direction that the hoof prints of the devil are being left. It is plastered on the front pages of every newspaper. It is coming in every direction. It is on every newscast. And the devil in sin is on the march. And while we watch the people of sin and Satan, while we watch the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, the politically correct, the liberal news media, and the crooked politicians, the devil and his disciples. You notice in these last days, they're coming out of the hideouts. They're coming out of the woodwork. They're coming out of the closets. They're coming out of the front doors. And they're standing up and they're proudly proclaiming their sinfulness. They're being loudmouthed and noisy for the devil. I say it's time for First Assembly of God to come out of the hideouts, come out of the woodwork, come out of the closets, come out of the front doors and stand up and be as loud mouth and noisy and courageous and concerned for the things of God as the people are for the devil's things. Oh, if ever our nation needed a revival, we need it right now. If ever we need to return to the old paths where the good way is and walk in it, that time is now. If ever the church needed to fall on her knees and fall on her face before God in repentance. That time is now. It's now. It's now. Let the fire of God be lit in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your personal life as we point America to the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Psalm 917, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. It's time to return to the old path, church. Psalm 33 and verse 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people is his inheritance. Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. If we want to see this nation turn around, we've got to turn this nation back to God. And it all starts with the church. You see all of the abortions in our nation? That's not the real problem. The homosexual perversion in our nation is not the real problem. The drugs in our nation, that's not the real problem. The illiteracy in our nation, in our schools, that's not the real problem. The gambling casinos, it's bad, but it's not the problem. The problem is that we, God's people, have failed to lead. Why is it that 97% believed in God and yet, in 1963, and yet we were able to allow them to take prayer out of school and the Bible out of school? It's because God's people in the church have failed to occupy. Jeremiah has a strong word that I believe is applicable to this church body this morning. America, you stand at the crossroads. Ask for the old paths what the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find peace for your soul. God bless you and thanks for listening to today's broadcast. You've been listening to the Revival Fires radio broadcast with Dr. Tim Todd. 
Revival Fires International is a dynamic ministry fanning the flames of revival across America and around the world through revival services, evangelistic crusades, providing more than 300,000 Bibles for our troops defending America in the war on terror, giving more than 2.5 million Truth for Youth Bibles to America's young people, providing 1 million Bibles for the people of Cuba that have never had a Bible, providing more than 1 million Bibles for Russian soldiers, and more than 2.5 million Bibles for Russian young people, television and radio ministry, and internet evangelism. To receive a CD-DVD combo of today's message, or to view Dr. Tim Todd's ministry itinerary, or to become a monthly flame partner, or give a one-time tax-deductible financial gift to Revival Fires to help us continue the vitally important work that God is doing through Revival Fires International, you may go to revivalfires.org or write to us at Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Our address again is Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Until our next program, thank you for praying for us. And thank you for helping us take the whole gospel to the whole world before Jesus comes.